And the Bible says, Stand therefore having your loins together about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. So the question that follows is, what is the truth that we need to get our loins with? And like I told you before, the lines has to do with your waist. And uh, from the previous study, we looked at it and we find that it has to do with your major organs of life, where life flows from, where reproduction comes from. So the lines and the, the belt of truth, as it were, is that which protects your life and your reproductive system, which has to do with your offsprings and all that was supposed to come out of you. Hallelujah. Are we there? So the question is, what is the truth that we need to get our loins with? And uh, I would like you to turn to John 17. If we look at John 17, uh, verse 17 as well. The Bible says, Sanctify them through the truth, thy word is truth. Hallelujah. Sanctify them through the truth, thy word is truth. And so, when you get down to John 15 as well, verse number, five, number 3, right out, the Bible says, Now ye are clean through the word which has done to you. Now, I'd like you to take a look at those two scriptures together, and you find exactly what our loins is gathered with. Hallelujah. He has already told us we get our loins with truth. So, what is truth? Truth is not just some facts. Truth is not just some kind of evidences, if I, may, if I may put it that way. Truth, scripturally speaking, is a person. Amen? Now, for me, the truth that we need is the life of God in Christ himself. The knowledge of the life of God in Christ is the truth that you need. Listen, this is not just truth in comparison with error. This is the life of God through a man called Jesus. Amen? In the beginning was the word, the Bible says. Remember that? Now, I wasn't talking about facts. I wasn't talking about describing error. I mean, opposite of truth is error or something. That he was talking about a human being. So when we're talking about truth that you can get your life with, we're talking about a life of God made manifest in the flesh. The reality of God dawning in you and living it out is what prevents you from corruption. Hallelujah. And so when you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and verse 30, the Bible says, But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness, sanctification and redemption. So the word is becoming our wisdom. Hallelujah. When the word becomes wisdom, you can be able to separate yourself from issues that you face on a daily basis or how to handle situations. Hallelujah. You can go through life with wisdom that becomes manifest through the knowledge of him who lives and resides in you. Let me give you a typical example of what I'm about to say. In the life of the master himself. In John 7, the Bible says, it was a time for the Feast of Tabernacles, I remember. And the brothers came to him and they said, let's go to Jerusalem. For no man can do these things, and it's not known as the case may be. Let's go over there so that you can perform some miracles. And he simply said, my time is not yet, but your time is always here. Is that all right? Okay. Now, he, they left him to the feast. But right in the midst of the feast, they found him. What has he done? He applied wisdom. Hallelujah. 
He preserved his life. Don't you forget. He preserved his life through wisdom in that circumstance. He was not going to allow God to save him. Hallelujah. He would rather save the situation through the application of wisdom. He knew the intentions of his brothers. He knew how much they are looking for him to kill him. At that time. His brother urged him to go to the very place where he knew they want to kill him. He simply said, go. I'm not going yet. But by the time they've gone, he went there. It was there he made a declaration of those that will come unto him to drink. Out of their belly shall flow rivers of living water. He made that proclamation, but then he told them, I'm not coming. You need wisdom in life. To preserve the life that God has given to you. Are you still there? So God is making this truth, which is a person, now wisdom to us, sanctification to us, redemption to us. So it's not just some fact. It's not, we're not talking about separating truth from error or something like that. No, no, no. I'm talking about the reality of the life of God manifesting through you to preserve your life through wisdom in situations that are rough and bad. In relationship, in business, whatever. Hallelujah. Amen. The next question I would like to ask, I have a lot of questions tonight, is what does the truth do for us? Now you got truth, the belt of truth, wisdom of God, the life of God, all around you. What does it really do? Let's look at a few things. In John 8, verse 32, the Bible says, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And then when you get out of verse 36, he says, If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. So you find that the truth that you know that set you free is the Son. Do you get the picture now? That's why I was saying the truth has nothing to do with separating fact from error, or looking at some doctrines or something. It's not doctrine. It's a person. Hallelujah. The truth that sets you free is sin. Knowing the truth is a relationship with the person of Jesus Christ himself. You know, the Bible says, It is not a man to guide his footsteps. So if it is not a man to guide his footsteps, it simply means... It is in God's hand to guide the footsteps of a man. Hallelujah. You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And if the Son of Man, if the Son of God Himself makes you free, then indeed you are free. Praise the Lord. And that is why we need this truth, which is the person of Jesus Christ himself, to protect our lives, to guide our hearts, guide the loins of our hearts, so that our thoughts and perceptions will be that which is ordained by him. He have to sieve our mind before we have seed settling in our hearts. I told you before, it is not what you hear that comes into your mind that kills you. It is what has taken root in your heart that destroys you. And don't you forget, hey, help me, Lord. It is not even what comes into your heart that have taken seed per se that destroys you. It is what you release from that heart that destroys you. Now look at the picture. You said when you eat food, you can purge it away. Is that okay? It won't do you any harm. But it's what you bring out from your mouth that kills you. Not what you receive. Did you get it? So you may receive fire. You understand that? You may, you may, no, no, no. It is until it comes out of your mouth, it has no effect. It is like you eat, you go to the toilet. It doesn't destroy you. But whatever you regurgitate destroys your life. Therefore, it is what settles within your mind, I mean your heart, that has become seed that produces fruit, which are not the fruit of your lips. That has to do with your confessions, and the things you want to believe for that you will 
trust God for that you align yourself with and you confess accordingly because it is only what comes from a man that can destroy you. By implication, I don't see any man killing you until you accept that somebody can kill you. Nothing in God's program, in God's agenda. No. Nothing. Hallelujah. Have you read when he said, they shall gather together but not by me? Have you read when he said, they shall fall for thy sake? Have you read when he said, even though they gather and understand that the work they do, they shall not prosper? Why do you think any man can do you anything? Not one man in this universe. Until you accept, until you agree with them. And so the scripture says, don't say confederacy to what they say a confederacy. In other words, don't agree with the agenda. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And so you can see what the scripture said. Don't say who will go up to heaven to bring him down. And don't say who will go down to, the, to bring him up. For the word is nigh even in thy mouth. That means even heaven is in your mouth. Because he lives in the heavens. And so there's nobody going to bring him because he's resident within you. I'm talking about the truth that sets you free. Not a doctrine. Huh? A person. The reality of that world becoming flesh again in your life. Are you still there? Hallelujah. Okay. So, what will the truth set us from? He said, the son of man set you free, then you're free indeed. Okay? What are some of those things, like I'm trying to say, that the truth will set you free from, which is the Christ? This Christ. What does he set us from? Let's look at something in the book of Matthew chapter 11. Matthew 11, let's look at the, uh, verse 28, and then we'll look at Matthew 23. We'll read a few scriptures there. Matthew 11, 28. Come unto me, O ye that labor and are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Who is talking? Okay. Jesus is talking. So truth is speaking. Amen? In your come to truth. What's about this inviting you? Come and dine with me. Come to truth. And by the time you finish dining with truth, you're going to have rest. Rest to your soul. Rest to the weariness of your thoughts, of anxiety, of even that which you call plans of life that seems not to be working together. Just come. Hallelujah. Now go to Matthew 23. Let's look at verse number 1 and then to number 4. Matthew 23, 1 to 4. Then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore, whatsoever the bold you observe, that observe and do, but do not ye after the works, for they say and do not. They buy heavy bodies and graveyards to be born, and they lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus is describing what the Pharisees does. One thing I want to let us know is this. Religion is as damaging as the devil himself. Hallelujah. One of the things that Jesus will set us free from is the spirit of religion. Hallelujah. And one thing with religion is, is a heavy burden. Very heavy a burden that you may not be able to bear. Praise the Lord. Now, you know how many laws that were there and statutes? I'm not talking about the laws of God. I'm talking about the statutes and the judgments. All of those in the scriptures which the average Jewish man in the Old Testament was supposed to keep or something like that. But Jesus simply said, you just come unto me. Is that okay? Don't start thinking about how you keep all of those things. Just come to me. I will make the burden of this religion you are carrying to become light for you. What it really means is that you can fulfill all of those things without thinking about them because I live my life through you. 
Is that okay? I can make you leave those things without you memorizing those things. Because the laws of God are supposed to be the personification of the character of God. But now the character of God is coming into us. Don't you forget. The Bible says Christ is the express image of who? Of God. So the image which is the character of God is only made in Christ. And if you come into Christ and it comes into you, everything which has to do with the character of God is supposed to be manifesting through you. And those things are supposed to be the things that God described in the laws. So one of the things that truth will set you free from is what? Religion. Hallelujah. And don't forget, when I say religion, I'm not just talking just about Christianity alone. You should understand when I mean religion, that there are several religions in the world today. Several. And every one of those people practicing those things, it's best you meet with them and they will describe to you the burden they bear in going through those system. The kind of weight they carry. The kind of regimented life that they live because of the religious belief that they carry. Hallelujah. But unfortunately, this thing doesn't even bring man to God. That is what is most painful about that. With all those regimentation and all of those stuff that they go through, it doesn't even bring them close enough to the God that they're supposed to be looking for. Can you imagine the Athenians worshipping God to the point where they now erected an altar to the one that they don't even know? That is the level of religious commitment that they have. They erected an altar. Say this altar. Now, we don't know the name of this one. We don't know, but we know there's a God somewhere like that. You know, because they have had Venus, they have Jupiter, they have, they have all the gods in the world. And this one, they don't know this new one. They name. Let's, let's read this one. I mean, that is how devoted they were. Can you imagine worshiping the one you don't know? And yet that altar, they were making sacrifices there. So who were they calling? Hallelujah. The truth about Christ will set you free from all of those things. You will discover the reality of your relationship to the spirit God who resides and dwells within you, who is the very creator of the entire universe. You have a personal relationship with him. You can no longer be deceived by the religiosity of men, not even those in Christianity as a circle. Because don't you forget, you were not called to be a Christian. You were called to be a son of God. Amen? The beginning of your journey is sonship. The fullness of your journey is sonship. Hmm? One is a mature son. The other one is just... Uh, you understand what I'm talking about? It's a son, but not yet a full-grown son. So the beginning of your journey is sonship. The fullness of your journey is what? It's sonship. Not more than that. Praise the Lord. Look at something... In Matthew 15, verse number 9. But if then they don't worship me, teaching for doctrines, the commandments of men. And then I want you to join that to Colossians 2, and verse 18 down to verse 19, which says, Let no man beguile you of their reward in a voluntary humility, and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he had not seen, verily puffed up, by his fleshly mind and not holding the head from which all the body joints and hand bands having nourishment ministered need together increase that with the increase of God. Hallelujah. Let no man teach you. Let no man influence you about this false humility of religiosity. Worshipping even angels and these things which they do not know anything about. Hallelujah. And say, without holding on to the head, which is the body. From where flows wisdom, nourishment. The head, which is Christ, releases nourishment to the entire body. Wisdom and understanding about what God intends for us to walk in, to live by, to relate to, even in creation, flows from the head. But man can go into worshiping God without going through the head. 
God is the head of Christ. Christ is the head of the man. Hallelujah. And even the official said of precisely Christ is the head of the church. Did he say so? But even in the church, there are people who can bypass him to do the things that they want to do. Thinking that it is still part of what they were supposed to do. But wisdom should flow from him and him alone. I worship to be molded after him and him alone. That is why we should be connected to him so that he can continuously speak to us. Because if we can do things without hearing him, we definitely will be doing our own thing and not his things. <laughs> Excuse me. Hallelujah. So we have those who have this kind of voluntary worship. Those people who claim they know some things. Those people who think the angel speaks to them and all of that. There is nothing wrong with you talking to you. I am not against that. But I just wish that when he just speaks to you, they speak to lead you more to Christ. Because he's the archangel, which means the chief messenger. And every other messenger is under him. Hallelujah. Are we there? That is why when you hear voices, you must watch out and see whether this voice will lead you to do his will. I had a precious brother. Precious brother, I would say. Fantastic brother who got some light, got revelations, walking in the light and opening churches. And then one day, you have this voice, and the Lord, according to him, was calling him, called his name three times, and he saw himself, broke through the cloud. And he said, What he saw was so glorious that nothing on earth can be compared to it. And so when he came down, he took his credentials, set them on fire, and uh, went to his church where he was pastoring, great congregation, and started reformation. Wonderful reformation. Broke down everything. You know, that voice he had led him out of God, as far as I'm concerned. Because he was a minister of God, very powerful. He planted church in Bini, planted in Agba, planted several places. They were even inviting him to do meetings. But he ended up saying all of those things are nothing but Babylon. Broke down everything, shut down everything. He ended up, you know, selling popcorn in town to be able to feed because everything was gone. That is not the voice of God. Hallelujah. That wisdom didn't come from God. We are sitting here now receiving instruction. There is nothing wrong. God is not going to kill us because we're sitting. I mean, assuming we're outside now, we can't be talking here if the rain is falling. So what's wrong in having a building? So why will you teach me that having a structure like this is Babylon? That is not God. It's never God. That you seek comfortably to receive instruction from God that somebody said that is Babylon, pull down a building. Voice is that. Hallelujah. Religion. It leads you to the extreme. That you, you, you see, you will do your own thing and sit thinking that you are pleasing him. Extreme. Praise the Lord. I remember how this guy was going to churches to drag microphone from ministers that they are in Babylon. No, 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 no. That's not the spirit of Christ one bit. Never. Hallelujah. I was sharing remarks yesterday. Listen, listen to me. As you see me, if the Roman Catholic people invite me to come and preach in their churches, I'll be the number one to be there. You're wondering how? No, you don't understand. Bible said they that sit in darkness and see great light. How would they invite me if they feel there's nothing special about me that they need to hear from me? Christ has to go to everybody. Can you imagine Christ going to Nicodemus? Can you imagine Christ going to who is this man? Zacchaeus? Who was Zacchaeus? <laughs> Hallelujah. Religion. Now, one of the things the Spirit of Christ has set you free from is the spirit of extremity in religion. Is that okay? I can be anywhere. 
but I can't drink from everywhere. Did you understand what I said? I can be anywhere, but I can't drink from everywhere. To date, it's not every author I read. Maxwell knows. Those who are close to me, they know. It's not every author I read. The time is not for me. It's not even there for me to read every author in the first place. But that which does not minister to my spirit, I have no time for it. One bit. I can't drink from everywhere. But I don't hate people. Because in every system, there are levels of growth. Is that all right? If you were to be in a high school, secondary school, whatever, you have those in SS3, you have you know, the SS1 and GS2, whatever. They are all students. But the definition of mathematics for the one in GS1 is not the same with SS1. That's what we say. Now the SS1 cannot say you are stupid, get out of the school. No, 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 no. You have to allow him to grow. Is that all right? That's a mentality you should carry when you meet with people. That's why Paul will say, with humility and meekness, you should be able to explain to those who ask you questions about your faith. Understand this? Truth will set you from being haughty. Truth will set you from being proud. Truth will set you free from thinking you know it all and nobody knows nothing else. Praise the Lord. Okay. If you're looking, what do you do right now? Okay, Colossians. Is that okay? Alright, so what do we say here? We are free from the tradition of elders, commandment of men, and religious deceptions. The truth. Is that alright? Now, if you look at Romans chapter 6, verse number 14, the Bible says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Then verse 18 says, Being then made from you become the servant of what? Of righteousness. So one of the things that truth will set you free from is what? Sin. By implication, you were once in bondage to a sin, to a power. Is that okay? And so you need to be freed. Israelites were in bondage, but they have to be set free. Hallelujah. God permit me, I'm going to be sharing something with you. Because basically there is nothing in life that you want to kind of receive from the Lord without God using somebody to speak that same thing out from the spirit realm for you to hear it, to be able to get it. There is always a deliverer. You only need to identify the one that is sent to you and listen to the voice of the one that is sent to you. Praise God. So, truth will set us free from what? From sin. Whatever definition you want to give that. So the freedom we gain brought us to the place of our true sonship in God as our father. Is that okay? Hallelujah. Let me move a little bit faster. So how does the truth set us free? I want to give you a simple illustration. In the Roman Empire, after 25 years of service, any soldier in the Roman army was granted tax-free citizenship. And this applies to his immediate family and generations to come. To me, it is an interesting thing for me when I discovered it. If you serve the Roman Empire for quite some time, 25 years, they exempt you from tax payment. And one of the things that you hold is the belt. Hallelujah. Which is the belt of truth. That's one of the evidences that you are given to. I mean, to hold on to. So with that, you are free. Because if after five years you got the belt of truth, now you are free. As a citizen, you don't pay tax. By implication, tax have to be collected from 
strangers and foreigners who are not citizens of the Roman Empire who have not even served in the army for up to 25 years. A good picture I like about it is your own children will grow up not paying tax to the empire because you served. <laughs> Therefore, if your father or somebody in your lineage ahead of you has served before, he become a redeemer. Because you just grow up being a free citizen without paying tax. If anybody asks you, you can mention the name of that individual. Oh, come on, I see the name of Jesus. It's above every other name. You see what I mean? Okay. So now, look at Acts chapter 21 and verse 38. Example of Apostle Paul. Now they got him arrested and uh, they want to put him in prison and things like that. And look at what he said. They asked him, Are there not that Egyptian which before these days made us an uproar and led us out into the wilderness 4,000 men that were murderers? Paul said, I am a man which am a Jew of Tarsus, a city in Sicilia, a citizen of no mean city. And I beseech thee, suffer me to speak unto the people. Now, if you go to R22, verse 24, the Bible now said, They commanded him to be brought into the castle, and bail that they should be examined by scourging, that he might know wherefore they tried, I mean, they cried so against him. You know what scourging means? Beat the hell out of him. Huh? And as they bound him with tongues, Paul said unto the centurion that stood by, Is it lawful for you to scourge a man that is a Roman and uncondemned? When the centurion heard that, he went and told the chief captain, saying, Hey, take heed what I do is, for this man is a Roman. Then the chief captain came and said unto him, Tell me, are thou a Roman? He said, Yeah. And the chief captain answered, With a great son, obtain I this freedom. And Paul said, But I was freeborn. Did you get that? In other words, you need liberty within the empire. You want to buy citizenship. The soldiers are listening. I bought it. Do you understand that? I'm serving and I bought it so that I can be a citizen. And Paul said, for me, no. I'm on free. Somebody did that to me some years ago. Hallelujah. And that the alone stop the scourging. Are you getting this? Verse 29, the Bible said, Then straight away they departed from him. We shall have examined him. And the chief captain also was afraid. The devil will be afraid of you. After he knew that he was a Roman. And because he had bound him. In other words, attempting to bound him alone brought a problem to the one that attempted. Just from that discovery that this man it's a Roman free-born citizen. I wish you know where you belong. I wish you know somebody paid a price. I wish you know. Listen, listen. I want you to go back and say, if the son will set you free, then you are free indeed. Now, if Paul had not known his rights, They will have used tongues to bound him and blow the hell out of him. And that is why it is your mother is going to say, if you are quiet, you will have beaten him even though he's a citizen. Some of you can confess the right things and so you are beaten all the time. Yeah, go wait. Excuse me. Hallelujah. Are you getting what I'm talking about? He knew and he spoke what he knew. 
can't die in silence here when I'm a free citizen. Born free into the kingdom, set free by Jesus Christ. Made your redemption, your sanctification, your justification, your wisdom. Let the devil know you are a free citizen. Praise the living God. <laughs> Amen. I did believe that Paul's father must have fought wars as a Roman soldier. But above all, that Tarsus, where he was born, has a free right of the Roman citizenship. So his right of citizenship is set him free from being beaten and chained with tongues. Is that simple? So your right can set you free. Your right can deliver you. And your understanding of that talking about. If the Son of Man will set you free, you can be free indeed. Somebody fought the wars, they got a bed of truth. Is that all right? Amen. I got something wrong here, but let's read it. Is it Matthew 24, 24? Let's read them. And when they came to companion, they that received tribute money came to Peter and said, Don't know that your master paid tribute? He said, Yes. And when he was come unto the house, Jesus presented him, saying, What thinkest thou, Simon? Of whom do the kings of the earth take custom and tribute? Of their own children or strangers? Peter said unto him, Of strangers. Jesus said unto him, Then are the children free? Hallelujah. Did you get this? Okay, but I want you to look at another scripture. In Ezra chapter 7 verse 24. The children are free. They don't pay tribute. Ezra 7 24. Also we satisfy you. That touching any of the priests and Levites, singers, porters, nethinims, or ministers of this house of God, it shall not be lawful to impose toll, tribute, or custom upon them. Hallelujah. Did you get that? So we have a class of people that the devil does not have right to demand tribute from. Sons and workers in the household of faith. That is why you don't play with whatever duty you are performing. It's a guarantee for your freedom. Amen. Even in the day of trouble. Look at the classification here. You talk about a priest. Talk about a Levite. Talk about a singer. Priestess. Talk about people. The porters. The ushers. The nuns. Or ministers of God. They are not to pay tribute. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's why it's required. You don't know what you're talking about. The gatekeeper that's supposed to be the orchards, as the case may be for us today. Gardeners, whatever thing you're doing within the premises of the house of God, it guarantees freedom for you. You don't know. See, it's good to pray, but it's also good to be identified with something that you're doing. That identification alone is a major prayer. Major. I'm very serious about that. Praise the Lord. Is anybody getting this? Amen. So sons and the priesthood were free from taxation anywhere in Israel. It was a rule. These people must not pay tax. Say, to whom do men gather taxes? Say, from strangers. Are you a stranger? No, your sons. You see, and he must say, then the sons are free. And so Paul will say, I'm a free-born citizen. I'm not a stranger. Don't be a stranger in your father's house. Are you getting this? The belt of truth will set you free. From all the demands of the enemy, of the demands of men, impositions in creation, upon you are free from those things. Amen. Because you know there is a belt that somebody fought for. 
and you go through the genealogy of that individual. Isn't it for is interesting for us to know that <laughs> David fought so much wars and Solomon will have none to fight. David fought so much wars and so Solomon had none to fight. Hallelujah. David killed Goliath and the house of Jesse will not pay tax in Israel. Go on. The king said, any man that will kill this, this, this man that is troubling Israel, so anyone that will kill this man, the whole of his family will no longer pay tax in Israel. And David killed Goliath. So the whole house of Jesse will not pay tax. And you fathers be strong. Open the door so that your children can be free. Because what I'm discussing is genealogical blessings. <laughs> are, you, are you getting what I'm talking about? Genealogical blessings. See, see. You should be able to see your children's children rising higher and higher and higher every day. What am I talking about? What affects my son now cannot affect my grandchild. Same scripture you read. Part of the doors shine like a light that shines brighter and brighter and brighter unto a perfect day. From glory to glory. That's why you fathers must take responsibility for your spiritual life. To chart a path that those behind will walk through. Walk through fear. Because Jesus walked through this earth, walked through all of this problem. And he doesn't want you to go through it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So who are we today? Revelation 1, 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is a faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and had made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, to him be glory, and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And First Peter 2, 5, when I say, Ye are also what? A lively stones, a build up a spiritual house, a holy suit to offer our spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by who? By Jesus Christ. So, we are a royal priesthood, and so we are exempted from all manner of taxes from thee, and by the enemy, and men alike in either religious form or demonic oppressions. Just like the case of Paul and the priest in Jerusalem, Jesus brought our freedom through his death, burial, and resurrection, showing us that the salvation we have obtained in Christ ought to flow to our children, and yet unborn, as our genes have been transformed through the blood of Jesus, even as our citizenship is now heavenly. Amen. There is something flowing from the head and touching the feet. There is, there is life flowing from the head. That's why we just need to be connected to the head. Is that okay? If the Son will set you free, then you must be free indeed. Now, I just want you to think about that. You are not just free. You are free indeed. That means if you are not free indeed, then he has not set you free. Because he doesn't just set you free. He set you free indeed. And when he says this, if the son will set you free, then you are free indeed. He wants you to understand how free you are. In other words, believe that I have come to set you free. And you are truly free. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, this is where people always get in trouble with me. With the issue of parental causes and all of those things. I don't know what Jesus set you free from. If those things are still in your life after 25 years of being a Christian. What are you free from? What did he set you free from? I mean, I don't know what, what did he set you free from. Amen. Somebody said, but it's manifesting. It's manifesting because in your mind you are not free. You see, carry those thought patterns. How can you be free? 
when a man's life is centered upon what his heart meditates upon. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. And take you, he said, keep your heart with all diligence for out of the issues of life, life flows from your heart. How can you be free? When you see thinking those thoughts. Tell me what Jesus set you free from. If those things are still pursuing you and wherever you go, they are still there. Hallelujah. Okay. One more question, I'm sure. What will be the result of being set free? If we are set free, what is going to be our result? Romans 6.21 What free are you then in those things whereof you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is dead. Verse 22 But now be made free from sin and servants to God unto holiness and the end everlasting life. Those who are free who produce holiness from their loins from their minds. Hallelujah. We begin to produce the fruit of righteousness and holiness, whether spiritually or biologically, because the belt of truth around our waist protects our vital organs and reproductive systems from injuries and falsehood in our minds and hearts in true worship. Hallelujah. Is that okay? We produce true holiness. Holiness is not a doctrine. Holiness is a life. Amen? <laughs> now, just move on just a little bit now. How do we obtain this truth? You're just going to write on this because we don't have time anymore. How do you obtain this truth? Amen? Write down Romans chapter 6, verse 17. Chapter 7, verse 4. Galatians 2. Are we there? How do we obtain this? Galatians 2, 19, 6 and verse 14. Through obedience to the teachings of Christ on our behalf by faith. When you use the word, if the son will set you free, then you are free indeed. In other words, believe me. Trust in what I say and what I have done. I can't just tell you that I've set you free and you are not free. But believe that I've truly set you free. And truly you'll be free indeed. Hallelujah. So we must have faith in his teachings. Amen. Number two, if you will. You can just write down Revelation. All of this inside on the board. Revelation 14, 3 to 4. You compare Luke 11. And then 34, 36, and Ephesians 5 is number 8. By maintaining a clear walk with Christ, away from religious pollution or systematic organized religion of man. Remember in Colossians, man will tell you of us humility of worship. Hallelujah. Is that okay? We must maintain a clear walk with Christ. Away from religious pollution of systematic organized religion of men. Christ is not going to give us religion. He brought life. I came that you may have life, not religion. And that you may have it more abundantly. He came to give us life, not religion. Hallelujah. Are you catching this? Amen. Number three. Look at Romans 12, 1, the 1 Corinthians 6, 15. Living and offering a holy service to God. How do we obtain the truth is what I'm talking about. These are people that trust Christ to come into your life and abide perpetually. Amen? If you enjoy freedom, you want to enjoy liberty in Christ, you must walk in this dimension. Number four, Ephesians 6, 6 to 8. Living 
for giving life towards others in the love of Christ. Amen. You know the people of the man that was owing to my amount of money, very little amount of money. Neighbor say, Man, I need my money. Me some time. Amen. And that was begging for a few minutes. Went to someone and said, Man, if you don't give me money today, see what I will do to you. Praise the Lord. And then information going to the master of the first man again as amen. I forgive you. You asked me to give you time. Now you went. I want to struggle somebody for such a little amount of money. Now you come here. <laughs> the unforgiveness you did not give to your neighbor turns out to be your judgment. You together. The man was already free before he became wicked to the other man. When you don't forgive people, it turns out wondering how. You don't need to go too far. Just set your spirit. Forgiveness is higher than prayers. In some way, how can that be? Oh, Jesus said, if you want to pray and you remember, so, say leave those things on the altar. They will not perish. Leave it there. Forget about the prayer. Go and settle. It's more concerned about relationship that you cry to him every day. Your relationship with one another is more important to him than you coming to cry to him on the altar. Why is this so? Because he is love personified. God is love. Are you getting what I'm talking about? It's more concerned by your relationship with one another. How you live. That's why there must not be any atom of bitterness in your heart against anybody. You must learn to forgive all the time. And then you attract his presence. And then every day you are free. Every day you see your freedom be paid for you. Because you see, you will just be receiving an experience in it. Don't bother about those who are trying to hurt you or kill you. Those are no issues. You settle them. Glory to God. My son, I'm going to be sharing something about vengeance. Sometimes, sometimes people think vengeance means God wants to revenge your enemy for you. No? I'm not going to revenge. When you say vengeance is mine, when you understand what that means, you won't want to hurt anybody. 